0: You are listening to Banachek's Brain. Philosophy, psychology, science, and skepticism. All from the world's greatest mentalist, Banachek. Hi, and welcome to Banachek's Brain. My name is Banachek, and this week we have no Tyus. We are in the middle of a pandemic of COVID-19. Tyus is home in his office, probably trying to figure out how to get rid of COVID-19. And I'm in my office thinking about What am I going to talk about on a podcast? Well, a few weeks ago, I read a quote. It was by Plato. And it says, Plato in approximately 330 BC theorized that reasoning originated with the human brain and that passions originated in the fiery heart. Now, you know I have a passion for all things that have to do with the human brain. And he said that that passion started in the heart. So, this podcast is going to be about the human heart. Now, I was recently also going over some old writings, and I found an old blog, Banachek's Journey to the Mind. And it's out there if you search for it. But it was about how to increase the heart rate in a baby, and I'll talk about that in a bit. But first, a few things about the human heart. Now, I may have mentioned on a podcast during Valentine's Day at one point. I'm not sure. I mean, we're coming up on our 100th episode pretty soon. I mean, who was it that said I wouldn't be able to put out a podcast every week and devote myself to that? I managed to do that. I give myself a little tap on the back. This week, uh, I can't irritate Tyus, but it is going to be a themed episode. He hates themed episodes, so maybe that will irritate him. Um, He loves to irritate me. I love to hear irritate him, but we do love each other very much. Anyway, what I may have mentioned was the shape of the heart that we typically use in Valentine's cards or to represent the heart. And the fact that it looks nothing like a human heart, so why do we continue to use it? Well, first we need to know where the design came from. Prior to the 13th and 14th centuries, that shape did not represent the human heart at all. It was simply used as a decorative shape. You'd see it in columns or you would actually see it in buildings. Now, it was about that time that the human heart was beginning to take shape, pun intended, as a place of romance. And yes, as many things, it started out with religious beginnings. People thought of our hearts as memory books, a place where God's word was written. It was even believed by some that female saints' hearts were cut open. And if you did that, you would find an inscription of their heart professing their love of their God. As for the shape, well, birds and reptiles and cow hearts, they look closer to that shape. And these were hearts people were more familiar with. I mean, nobody was cutting up human beings back then and looking at the hearts. But even then, most depictions, they showed the tip of the heart being upright, not as we see today. It was more of a pine cone shape, too, with a round base. It wasn't until the 14th century that the scalloped heart made its debut, the heart that we see today. The shape, as we know, it appears to have come from the result of an Italian poem, Documenti d'Amor by Francisco Barbarino. You have to roll the R's. He was a Florentine jurist, or jurist, and, and anyway, that poem went viral in the 14th century, along with depictions of the heart as we know it. Now, about 150 years later, in the early 15th century, the tapestry Le Don du Cure was which translates to the gift of the heart, which is now hanging at the Louvre, depicted a man holding a small red heart. And that image became one of the most popular representations of courtly love, as they put it back then. Now, this all seems to be more logical than the more common belief of how the shape came into being. And I've mentioned this on a podcast before. And that shape may have came from the North African plant. During the 17th century BC, the city serene had a trade in a very rare season, It's now extinct because it was used so much, but it was a plant called silphium. Now, silphium was reputed uh, reputed to have been sort of a form of birth control as well, and that's probably why it ended up going extinct. It was so popular that coins were minted that depicted the silphium seapod, and if you look at that seapod, it looks exactly like the heart shape we know today. The theory goes that the heart shape became associated with sex, probably because of the birth control. But finally, it got associated with love, and and that is why we're using it now. The exact reason we use that shape, we may never know at all. But those are fun things to think about. Another thing that I've mentioned a few times in a podcast is the time me and a girlfriend I had it showed up at a warehouse to pick up her check. We walked in, and there was a series of body suspensions going on. For those who didn't hear the podcast on body piercings and suspensions, uh, as body suspension is where your body is suspended from ropes or wires attached to these large hooks that pierce the skin of your body. The one suspension was a guy dressed up as Cupid. This is the first one we walked in. He had these little white wings on, he had a diaper on, and a hook through each thigh, and he had a, 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 a hook through each breast, and he was just swinging back and forth. Now, this is not the typical Cupid image we think of, but why do we see Cupid typically shooting an arrow at someone's heart to make them fall in love I remember a song about this by Leapy Lee back in uh, I was about eight years old. That would be in 1968. And I used to sing along with it. It went something like this. Little arrows in your clothing, little arrows in your hair. When you're in love, you find those little arrows everywhere. Little arrows that hit you once and hit you once again. Little arrows that everybody every now and then, here they come falling down from the blue. Okay, enough of that. If Ty hears that, I'm sure that irritated him. Um, but, Great song. The bottom line is, those little arrows are little arrows of love. So where does that come from? Well, Cupid or is or was Cupid. Why? And, and why the arrow through the heart? I mean, who is Cupid, right? Turns out we have to go back to Greek mythology to find out. And yes, the Romans also had a play in it. You see, in Greek mythology, there was a god named Eros, also known as the god of love. Aphrodite was his mother. The father, it changed it depending on the stories. It could have been Zeus, it could have been Mars, Eris, or Zephyrus. Anyway, he always had a bow and a quiver filled with golden arrows to arouse desire. And he also had lead arrows to ignite aversion. In other words, he could make you like somebody or hate somebody. Now, Eros used to strike the different gods, creating different emotions in them. Originally, Eros was a handsome immortal that was irresistible to man and the gods. But in later periods of history, he became a mischievous, playful little child. Eros was renamed by the Romans as Cupid. There's a lot more on the story of Eros or Cupid, and once you look it up, just for fun, I mean, including the time that Cupid turned into a bee, or rode a dolphin to school, the fact he didn't let his lover look at his face, and he found love as a result himself, and also the fact that Cupid's bow resembles the upper lipid of a mouth. But go seek out the knowledge, go Google it if you're so inclined, because I want to talk more about the human heart as we know it today. Now, I personally remember it being big news when I was about seven years old. That would have been 1967, when on December the 3rd, I remember the day, and I remember the name, Dr. Christian Bernard Bernard of South Africa, transplanted a human heart into the body of a Louis Washansky. Now, although Louis only lived 18 days, it's considered the very first successful heart transplant. And the reason I remember it is because little did I know at the time that in about two years, give or take, I would be moving to Port Elizabeth, South Africa myself. So what do we know about the human heart? Well, we know it's a muscle. We know that it's about the size of a fist. And while most people think the heart is located on the left side of the chest, your heart location is actually closer to the center of your chest, like behind your sternum. It's slightly shifted to the left side. About two-thirds of your heart is on the left side of your chest, and one-third is on the right side. Which, by the way, reminds me of a joke. And the joke is, my cardiologist friend keeps sending me x-rays of his chest. A bit weird, I know, but it just shows his heart is in the right place. We also know the heart weighs about 10 to 12 ounces in men and 8 to 10 ounces in women. The heart beats about 100,000 times per day. That's about 3 billion beats, give or take, in a lifetime. Now, if we compare that to the big old blue whale it has a heart that weighs at about 400 pounds. And it's estimated the blue whale's super-sized heart can pump around 58 gallons of blood around the body with every single heartbeat. On a side note, the giraffe who has to pump blood up that long neck has a heart that weighs about 26 pounds. And the largest heart for a terrestrial animal terrestrial, that's an animal that's on land, is the African elephant. And that weighs about 26 to 46 pounds. And you got to keep in mind that female elephants are much smaller than the larger male elephants. And you might be surprised to know that dogs and wolves have the largest heart-to-body rate at a whopping 0.2, while most humans, mice, and elephants have a ratio of 0.6. But let's say with a human heart. And this is where it may get a little bit more complicated. But stick with me. If you've been on one of these, these uh, podcasts with me in the past when I'm by myself, you'll see that it actually pays off. You see, the heart is a pump. It's made up of four different chambers. You have the two upper chambers, and those are called the atria. You have the two lower chambers, and so those are called the ventricles. It's actually kind of like two pumps in one. You see, the right side of the heart receives blood from the body and pumps it into the lungs. The lungs refresh the blood with oxygen. The left side of the heart then receives the blood from the lungs and pumps it back out to the rest of the body. The heart beats 70 times a minute. With each beat, the heart pumps 60 to 90 milliliters. That's about two to three ounces of blood out of the heart. The blood travels around the body and back to the heart in about one minute. And that's when a person's at rest. Now, the heart can move about 5 liters of blood in one minute, and uh, 7,600 liters, that's about 2,000 gallons, through 60,000 miles of blood vessels each and every day. During an average lifetime, the heart will pump nearly 1.5 million barrels of blood. Now, that's enough blood to fill 200 train tank cars. Train tank cars. I can't talk today. It's been said that a kitchen faucet would need to be turned on all the way for at least about 45 years to equal the amount of blood pumped by the heart in an average lifetime. Now, I'm not sure who or how they came to that conclusion because you have variables like pipe size and pressure to consider Still, it sounds like a very fun fact. Because the heart has its own electrical impulse, it can continue to beat even when separated from the body for as long as it has an adequate supply of oxygen. So let's talk a little bit about that electrical system. And this is where it gets really, really complicated. So I'll try to go slow through this and I'll repeat it a few times so you can maybe understand what's going on. It has an electric system that puts out pulses in a regular rhythm. Now these pulses keep the heart pumping and it keeps blood flowing to the lungs and to the body as we talked about earlier. Now the electrical signal, it starts in a group of cells at the very top of your heart called the sinoatrial, or the SA node for short. The signal then travels down through your heart, triggering first your two atria and then your two ventricles. Remember those? In a healthy heart, the signal travels very quickly through the heart, allowing the chambers to contract in a smooth, systematic fashion. And it happens very fast. There's two different types of cells in your heart that enables the electrical signal to control your heartbeat, and these are important. There's the conducting cells, and they carry your heart's electrical signal. And then there's the muscle cells that enable your heart chambers to contract, an action triggered by your heart's electrical system, or the electrical signal. The electrical signal travels through the network of what we call cell pathways, which are cells, one right next to the other, forming a path. And they stimulate your upper chambers, the atria, and then they go down to your lower chambers, the ventricles, causing them to contract. The signal is able to travel along these pathways by means of complex reaction that allows each cell to activate the one next to it, stimulate it to pass along the electrical signal in a very order fashion. As cell after cell rapidly transmits the electrical charge, the entire heart contracts in one appearing, what appears to be a, a simultaneous coordinated motion, creating a human heartbeat. So I'm going to try to clarify it even further if you didn't follow it. The process is as follows. The SA node sends an electrical impulse, and it triggers the following processes. The electrical signal travels from the SA node through the muscle cells in your right and left atria. The signal triggers the muscle cells that make your atria contract. The atria contracts, pumping blood into your left and your right ventricles. After the electrical signal has caused your atriates to contract and pump blood into your ventricles, the electrical signal then arrives at a group of cells at the bottom of the right atrium called the atrioventricular node or the AV node. The AV node briefly slows down the electrical signal, giving the ventricles time to receive the blood from the atria. The atria signal then moves on to trigger your ventricles. And when the electrical signal leaves the AV node, it triggers the following process. The signal tra- travels down a stack of conduction cells called the bundle of Hiss, which divides the signals into two branches. One branch goes to the left ventricle, the other one goes to the right ventricle. And these two main branches divide further into a system of conducting fibers that spread the signal through your left and right ventricles, causing the ventricles to contract. When the ventricles contract, your right ventricle pumps blood to your lung, and the left ventricle pumps blood to the rest of your body. And after your atria and ventricles contract, each part of the system electrically resets itself. Now, to me, this is amazing stuff. And this is just the human heart we're talking about, the tip of the iceberg of our human body. I mean, who the hell needs pseudoscience when we have these amazing things happening all around us and inside us? So this brings me a little bit closer to my original blog. But first, we have to cover what makes your heart rate, heart rate speed, speed up and slow down. Our brain and other parts of our body send signals to stimulate your heart to beat either faster or at a slower rate. These signals tell the SA node to fire charge at either a faster or slower pace, resulting in a faster or slower heart rate. During periods of exercise, when the body requires more oxygen to function, signals from our body cause our heart rate to increase significantly to deliver more blood, and therefore more oxygen to the body. Our heart rate can increase beyond 100 beats per minute to meet our body's increased needs during exercise for oxygen. During periods of rest or sleep, when our body needs less oxygen, the heart rate decreases. Some athletes actually may have normal heart rates well below 60 beats per minute because their hearts are very efficient and they simply don't need to beat as fast. Changes in your heart rate, therefore, are a normal part of our heart's effort to meet the needs of our body. So how does your body control your heart rate? Well, our body controls your heart rate by two different ways. The sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, which have nerve endings in the heart, and hormones such as epinephrine or no repine friend which circulates in the budstream and now we're at my original story how to raise a heart rate in a baby now at the time I originally wrote the article my granddaughter was two years old I was still married at the time my granddaughter's name was Michaela now she spent a lot of time with my now ex-wife Heidi and spent a lot of time with myself and I came to the conclusion at the time that she needed us for different reasons you see when she was tired she wanted a little, if anything, to do with me. In fact, she appeared at times to, what I thought, hate me. When it came to playing, she wanted to spend time with me. Even to the point, though, that she couldn't get candy without getting something for Ganpar, as she called me. It didn't bother me in the least. But the fact that Michaela would rather spend time with me when it came to playtime, despite the fact that my ex-wife consistently gave her comfort, did bother my ex-wife. But most things did. You see, I simply put it down to biological nuance. And it turns out that research says, I was right. The Scientific American, June 10, 2010, that is, stated, together two parents may strike a a nice balance in which mom acts as a lifeguard and dad functions as the cheerleader. You see, dads, we're biologically programmed to challenge children. In a study done in Australia, it turned out that dads spend approximately 40% of their child-watching time playing interactive games like reading or simple physical playing as opposed to approximately 20% of the same child-watching time for mothers. So we spend 20% more of the time actually playing with the the children than mothers do. Now, I know that most of my interaction, Michaela, was either outside or on the swings or playing hide-and-seek or holding her up by her feet, basically treating her like a little monkey, in a good way, that is. I don't do diapers. In fact, at the age of two, she already used the toilet because I simply told her to, so I wouldn't have to change her nappies. Now, women in the family all say, all in good time. Let them take their time. But to me, good time is quick time when it comes to stinky diapers. When my kids were little, very little, prior to most TVs having TV remotes, I taught my kids the joy of being a human remote. I turned it into a game, and they loved it. I didn't have to get off the couch. I was a couch potato. For a while, my kids did a pretty good imp- invitation to me as they got older. Change the channel. Change the channel back. Okay, go forward, change the channel. No, nope, wait, go back. Yep, uh. Yeah, I guess I would say I challenged my kids a lot when they were little. Kids as young as eight months, old, eight months old, learn these pattern differences between a mother and father to the point that when a child is picked up by a dad or male, their heart rate actually increases. Yet when they're picked up by a mom or a female, their heart rate calms down. Fathers tend to be more physical in their play compared to mothers. Now, researchers think that a lot of this stems around the fact that fathers are traditionally the breadwinners in a family. And as a result, they spend less time on the caring aspect of the child, like diaper changing, feeding, putting child down for a nap, bathing, or cuddling. I, I mean, I must admit that I found a way to get my granddaughter's attention and love, even when she was tired, though. It took a while, but I found the magic answer. And that was chocolate Swiss Miss Rolls. It's like crack for children. She couldn't throw down a bottle fast enough. Hey, I'm Ganpar, and it was my job to spoil her. Anyway, as I said earlier, dads tend to challenge their kids. In fact, the same article states that even though fathers speak less to the children, it was the father's language use that predicted the child's language developed by the age of three. You see, mothers use more emotional words, whereas fathers use more complex words to talk to their child. The other thing is that women will tend to play the games that a child chooses. Men, on the other hand, they tend to select the activity for the child to play, like my TV remote game. Thereby, they challenge the child by causing the child to experience play outside their comfort zone. And as a result, the child experiences growth. The other amazing fact about fathers and children is that during pregnancy, fathers go through many of their pregnancy biological changes too. A father's testosterone level goes down, which is a good thing as it quiets their physical tendencies. I mean, men are dealing with grumpy pregnant women, so yeah, it's a good thing their physical tendencies soothe. Men also have elevated levels of prolactin, which as many has many effects, including regulating lactation, orgasms, but primarily during pregnancy, it increases the size of the memory glands, and it produces milk. Men can also experience postpartum depression. Now, one thing in the article that I found of particular interest is the fact that it has been known that mothers can locate their babies blindfolded just by touch alone. Turns out, fathers can do the same thing, which sounds like a pretty good introduction for a new blindfold routine for my stage show. And while we're on the topic of babies and children, a newborn baby has about one cup of blood in circulation. Compare that to an adult male who has four to five quarts, which the the heart pumps to all the tissues to and from the lungs in about a minute while beating 75 times which reminds me of a joke. And it includes marriage, magic, and hearts. And the joke goes like this. And this joke might just be for me. I don't know, but it makes me laugh. Marriage is like a deck of cards. In the beginning, all you need is two hearts and a diamond. By the end, you wish you had a club and a spade. And that reminds me of another joke. There was a person next to me. He said, what's up? I said, I'm annoyed. person said, why? I said, I stole my girlfriend's heart. Stranger said, why are you annoyed? I said, everyone else in the surgery room Gave me weird looks. And another one. These jokes just keep coming to me. It's weird how one joke will bounce off another joke. Anyway, the joke is this. A famous heart surgeon, specialist doctor, died. And everyone was gathered at his funeral, right? And there was a regular coffin displayed in front of this huge heart. When the minister finished with the sermon, and after everyone said goodbye, the heart was opened and the coffin was rolled up inside and the heart was closed. Just at that moment, one of the mourners started laughing. And the guy next to him said, why the hell are you laughing? He said, I was thinking of my own funeral. Oh, what's so funny about that? I'm a gynecologist. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I got one more joke. What's a pirate's favorite letter? I think it'd be R, but really his heart will always belong to the C. See, get it? (laughs) The letter C? Look, if you've enjoyed my podcast, do me a favor. Go to my Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash Banachek, that's B-A-N-A-C-H-E-K, and uh, and sign up for us, please. Any little donation, anything will help uh, keep this podcast going. Uh, it'll allow me to R&D new effects. It will also allow me to keep up my critical thinking efforts. I really would appreciate it from the very bottom of my heart. Also, visit my website, www.banachek.com. And by the way... If you've enjoyed any of these podcasts, would you please, please go to iTunes and leave a review? Just tell people how much you enjoyed it. A little, 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 little mention goes a long, long way. And just pass on the podcast to your friends. Thank you. And I'll see you next week. Good Goodbye. That was Banachek's Brain. Please support the show by subscribing, share it with friends, and leaving a positive review on iTunes. It goes a long way. For more information or to connect via social media, visit Banacek.com. Thank you for listening.